Good morning again. Glad to see everybody here in the house of the Lord here at Lighthouse Community Church. We're glad to be back another week to just praise the Lord and just thankful that He has given us the ability to be here. Let us stand together and sing as we uh, sing praises to our Lord this morning. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy, let mercy fall on me. And everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Singing Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Yeah. So take me as you find me. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures. Fill my life again. Fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. And now I surrender. Singing Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. And shine your light, shine your light and let the whole world see. Singing for the glory of the risen King. And Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. And Savior, Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty save forever forever author of salvation he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave savior he can move the mountains my god is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave.
And all these pieces broken and scattered in mercy gathered, mended and whole, and empty handed but not forsaken. I've been set free, I've been set free. Oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And oh, I once was lost, but now I am found. Twas take our weakness you set your treasure in jars of clay so take this heart lord i'll be your vessel the world to see your life in me oh amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that He should give His only Son, 
precious treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turned His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory Behold the man upon the cross My sin upon his shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out upon the scoffers It was my sin that held him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is finished I will not boast in anything No gifts, no power, no wisdom but I will boast in Jesus Christ His death and resurrection Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer But this I know with all my heart his wounds have paid my ransom This I know And this I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my ransom Let us uh, read some scripture together before we um, take off in this morning. Um, in Psalms chapter 117, verses 1 and 2, it says, Praise the Lord, all nations, extol Him and all peoples. For great is His steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And this was a call to Jerusalem. This was a call to all Israel, saying that they needed to turn to God and to praise Him. But when we look at this Scripture in Psalms, we know that this is not only to them, but this is to us. This is for all believers. We are called to praise the Lord. We are called to seek after Him because He is faithful in fulfilling the things that we need. So let us uh, pray together and uh, bless this offering. Um, Brother Wayne, would you pray for us? And Savior, I come and quiet my soul. Remember in redemption's hill where your blood was spilled for my ransom and everything i once held dear i count it all as lost lead me to the cross where your love poured out bring me to my knees Lord, I lay me down, rid me of myself, I belong to you, only oh, 
We jump into the sermon, and I probably need to move back because that thing's probably gonna get nothing but my chest the whole time, right? Yeah, probably. Um, that's okay. Uh, so, um, this I just wanted before I even get into the sermon, I just wanted to talk briefly um, about our Wednesday night and Sunday night difference, and just to encourage us to all be a part of that um, because it's actually it gave us a different dynamic of what we're accomplishing in our services and what we do here at Lighthouse. Um, Really excited about the Wednesday nights, the time for us to come together uh, and just talk. Uh, at this point, it's separated by gender, so able to talk with men, talk with men, women with women, and discuss life, discuss the things that go on, discuss Scripture together. Um, and I don't know how the women, me, and, uh, and I talked to most of the other men, really enjoyed that time. It's a time for us to dig down deep, talk about Scripture, life, and grow in Christ Jesus to Lord, together. Um, and then our Sunday nights, we're adding, uh, we're doing again as a time of, uh, almost a picture of family worship, a time for the families to come together and worship. And we're going to take that opportunity and right now, uh, and it, it's going to be different week after week, but generally right now, what we're going to do is walk through the Baptist faith and message. Um, and for those that don't know what the Baptist faith and message is, 
It is what we, uh, as, as Lighthouse Community Church, as uh, our church as a whole, is what we say we believe. Uh, addresses different things. And the one we're going to talk about tonight, which is the first one on the list, is Scripture. What we mean, what we think Scripture is, and all of that. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to that. It's real foundational. It's real uh, simple things in, in, in essence, but it's real foundational for us as believers to understand and to know where we stand on these things as a church. Um, and then in, in that, we may swap it up. We may do a topical thing every now and then. We may uh, really just go with whatever God leads us to, but as a foundation, as a week after week thing, that's what we're going to do unless we feel otherwise. And Troy's going to walk through uh, a book. Uh, do you know the name of that book by top of your head? You got it beside you? No, don't, no, you ain't got to tell us. It ain't no big deal. He's going to walk through a book. It's foundational things for children. Uh, and as he's going to walk through that with the children during the service itself. Uh, and so after he does the two worship songs for the adults, he's going to take a time to gather the children up or talk to the children directly uh, and teach through that real quickly in about five minutes. What's it called, Lynn? First Steps, even better. Uh, foundational aspect for children as well. And then he's going to do a song for the children. Like tonight, if nothing changes in his planning, which uh, it might, he's going to do this line of mind. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to um, Now I know that Wednesday nights are hard for people. I encourage you to jump wherever you can. If you can come to all things, I think you'd get much benefit from all of it, but I would encourage you to do so. Um, really looking forward to starting it and what it's going to be adding to our church. Um, but this morning as we get into the sermon itself, if you would, let's turn to John chapter 3. Verses 31 through 36. We're going to finish up the chapter 3 of John. And then next week we're going to take a look at uh, the woman uh, at the well. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that sermon next week. But I'm really excited this morning about this sermon um, because I get to preach about Jesus. Uh, it may sound weird to say this, but I love preaching. I love addressing who Christ is. And um, and I just I love that so much that we get to talk. So many things about who Christ is. We're going to do 36. The earth belongs to speaks in earthly ways. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, and for, gives, and for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, and whoever does not obey the Son shall not, uh, shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, we thank you, we praise you right now. We take this opportunity, as we've read your word to God, just to ask you that we understand that your spirit uh, utters truth to us, God. It's, a, it's, a, it's how we understand you, God. And I just pray right now, as I present your word and preach your mission here, God, that it be your words and your words alone, nothing added of my own, Father, but only your truth, Father. And then I pray that you work on each and every one of our hearts. You allow us to apply your word to our lives that we first understand it and we live secondly, we live it out day by day, Father. And I pray that exactly this morning, God, that we are transformed by who you are. God, I thank you so much. God, I thank you for who you are, what you've done, 
And God, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for what it means to me, the people that make it up. I praise you and glorify you, God, in all things. In your son's perfect and holy name. Amen. Morning. As get um, some things about Christ. Um, but if I was just going to sum up the sermon, I actually will sum it up in three words for you, okay? And I normally can't, but I'll do three words for you right now. Christ is supreme. Christ is supreme. And to even if, just elaborate on that, um, me and Troy didn't communicate. Um, Christ is supreme. Christ is worthy. Christ is above all things. And we're going to see this in five different ways in these six verses. We're going to see five different aspects in this. And then we're going to look at what that means for us. What does that mean for us believers? As followers after Christ, what does it mean that Christ is supreme? He is above all and he is worthy this morning. But before we get to what it means for us, let's jump in. And first, let's look at verse 31. Verse 31 says this, that he has come from above and is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in earthly ways of all. So if this was just a more perfect opening for the sermon, I don't know what would be that he who is from above is above all. What does it mean that Christ is from above? Let's first just uh, let's take that and let's run with it because this right here is trans- this is so important to understand the rest of them is that Christ is from above. So what do you think uh, I just want some interaction this morning. What does it mean that Christ is from above? Anybody want to jump out there and tell it that Christ is from where? Heaven, right? He is from an internal relationship with the Father. That Christ, in His birth, what happened was He ascended from heaven into earth. He was born of a of an of an infant. He was born as a baby into humanity. He took on the form of man. He was born. He lived on this life, and as He lived on this life, He He wore, He did the work in the will of the Father. And then towards the end of His life, He goes through some persecution and beating cross he's put in a tomb he's resurrected and that's exactly what we've talked about the last two weeks and then what we realize is that after he resurrected that he lived on this earth for about 40 more days and after that day ended what we see in the uh, end of uh, luke is that christ ascends back into heaven that he goes back to where he came from that christ is from above christ is from heaven it's christ is from heaven this means that he is that he is he took on the form of man, he ascended into the earth, and he lived on here for around 33 years. So Christ is uh, from above. Now when you look at what it means, it says that he is above all. He who comes from above is above all. So Christ is always above all things. So really what that means for us just initially is that Christ is above us. Christ is more worthy, more praiseworthy, more supreme, more intelligent, more knowing. Christ is everything that we are times a billion and a billion more, right? That Christ is supreme in one of us. That we live for So Christ is above all because He is from above. Now there's a lot of things that come with the aspect that Christ is from above. And we're going to look at about four of those here. We're going to see that Christ is first and foremost from above. But we, it says that those who are from the earth... Uh, belong to the earth and speak in earthly ways. So that's an issue for us, that we are from the earth, so therefore we speak of earthly ways, we understand earthly things, and so we need somebody, we need something else in our life, and it first begins, talked about is the atonement and the, and, um, and the accepting of Christ is necessary for each and every one of us. First we see that Christ is supreme, He is above all because He is from above. Secondly, 
Let's look at verse 32. It says this, that he bears witness to what he his testimony. Back into that, it says, no one received testimony. John 1, as we preached through it several weeks back, it says that this is the darkness, is that Christ had come into the world, and the world did not know him, not even his own knew him. That nobody, re- they did not receive his testimony. So Christ is from above, we see first and foremost, he bears witness to what he has seen and what he has heard. So he's talking about what he has seen and what he's heard in eternity, in heaven itself. So what Christ has seen and heard in heaven is God himself, is God the Father. He is in perfect relationship with the Father. So Christ is supreme, he is above all, because secondly, he has seen the Father. And why that is so significant, if one of us, it's just a, even possible, we saw God the Father himself right now, we would fall down dead. Because we are broken, sinful, falling, and we would fall down dead. It's just a reality to it. We actually see that um, there's been several times where the, the Spirit of the Lord ascended onto the earth, and there would have been a few witnesses that saw it. The, a few of the disciples had happened to them on at one moment, and they were hidden by a rock, and they glue so strongly. Moses, when God spoke with him to the Ten Commandments, had to wear a veil over his face that this is how worthy and how powerful God is. Is that if we saw the fire, we would fall down dead. We would not be worthy. We could not abstain. Uh, we could not sustain it. We could not live past it. But Christ, since He's above, since He is perfect unity with the Father, He has seen the Father, and He bears the news of the Father. And that's what we're going to see the third thing in verse 33. And it says this, Whoever sees the Spirit sets His seal to this, that God is true. So not only is Christ in perfect unity with the Father, but He presents the truth of God, that He is the working of God's uh, salvation and love for humanity, that He presents the truth of God. And we see in John 1, 1, this is in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was God. In verse 16, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among man. Is that Christ is the it's the truth of God manifested in the form of a humanity. That Christ is this, that not only has He seen the Father, but He bears the truth of the Father. That He reconciles us to God Himself. And this is what Christ has done. So He is supreme and above all, also because He bears the truth of God. One thing I find so amazing too. For he gives the Spirit with. But he is supreme because he is in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That he and the Holy Spirit and the Father are all three one, and they're in perfect. And Christ is supreme because He sends the Spirit with the Father. We see throughout scriptures that the Father and the Son send the Spirit to humanity after Christ's death. And after to the disciples and as we come to know Christ in salvation the spirit of God ascends upon us and we now live with each and every one of us Christ even paints this picture and he tells the disciples that it would be better for them that he would leave so that the spirit could come the helper could come in John 14 it says this helper is the one that provides not only a, a helper and a comforter in times of difficulty but what we see throughout scripture is that the spirit of God the Holy Spirit is the one that calls one to salvation so they can respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ that Christ is not only supreme because He is above all, He has seen the Father, He bears the witness of the Father, He bears the truth of the God, but He also is in perfect unity with the Spirit and sends the Spirit. Now this last thing 
is the most important is a very important thing for us this morning in verse nine. The Father loved the Son and given all things into his hand. I know I talk about this verse a lot, and I was joking with Jamie and Brianna and Sarah about it last Wednesday, is that what we see in Matthew 18, I don't want to read all of it, Matthew 28, verse 18, and Christ, before He gives His command to the disciples, He says, For all power and authority have been given unto Me. That Christ is supreme because the Father has lifted Him up to this. That in Christ's death and resurrection, He had conquered hell, death, the grave. He had conquered it all and He is now sitting at the right hand of the Father. And Christ has been lifted up by the Father because of His act and his, because of His work on the cross and conquering it all. That we see in Revelations that every knee shall bow to who Christ is. That Christ is the beginning, the end, the, the Alpha, the Omega, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This is who Christ is, that He has been up by the Father, and He is supreme, and He is over all things because He is conquered. He lived on this sin free. He died, but the grave could not hold Him because He wasn't sinful. And sin, the grave couldn't hold Him. He rose again. He, he conquered all of these things in His death, and because of it, He up at the right hand of the Father, that Christ is supreme and worthy of all things because He is the one that can conquer it all. Because things why Christ is supreme, and I really wish that I could pause and talk about each and every one of these in more detail, but we would be here for hours and hours because when you talk about the supremacy of Christ, you could take one of these things and write an entire book about how Christ is above all things because of who He is. And I want to put it simply this morning. Christ is supreme because He is God, the Son. He has lived on this life, died, conquered it all, rose again, and now is on the right hand of the Father. Christ is supreme because He is God among us. So this morning, what does that mean for us? What does it mean as, as we sit here in a congregation and a church on Sunday morning, what does it mean for us to be reminded once that Christ is supreme, Christ is above all, Christ is worthy of all things. What does that mean for us once again, as we've talked about this time and time again, and we will talk about it time and time again, what does that mean for us? As first and foremost, it means that if one does not, not have salvation, if one is trying to live from themselves, they're trying to save themselves, they're trying to do what they want to do in this life, then they need to back up and ask the question, is Christ supreme in your life? Is Christ the King of kings, the Lords of lords? Is Christ the one that receives all glory, honor in your life? Is Christ supreme over you? Reality is, but in your mind, is He? Have you allowed Christ, have you set Christ into the place that He sits already? In your mind, have you determined that? That Have you depended upon Him for salvation? So often, we depend on so many other things to save us. We depend on our works, our attendance, or, or whatever it may be. We depend on so many things in this world. But when time and time again, as you see in the Gospel of John, is that Christ is the only way to the Father. So often, we don't treat Christ as the supreme of all King that He is. So often, we treat Him as the person we see and Sundays as we gather with God's people. And maybe every day when life gets difficult. See, if we live in the way that Christ is supreme, and above all, it causes some things in us. It's about this. Why? What it causes in The first one is that we trust in Him. So not only do we trust in salvation, 
Christ is supreme above all and is worthy of all things, if he's omnipotent, omnipresent, if he knows all things, is he's sovereign over all things, then we trust in God in all things. We trust in Christ in all things, in difficulties, in hard times, and, and when life is what life is. We trust in Christ and in Christ alone. Not only for our salvation, but in this world. That and sometimes in all reality, circumstances, situations don't turn out like we think they should. They don't turn out like we hope they would. They don't turn out like we really, we know without a doubt, we think they should be. And we're hoping and, and praying and desiring and seeking for them to turn out that way. Sometimes they, that just doesn't happen. But if Christ is above all, and if Christ is, has all authority and all power, and He is above all things in this earth, and if, if He is supreme, then wouldn't He know better than us? Wouldn't He know our circumstances, our situations better than we could ever imagine? And if we really believe that Christ is supreme and above all things, then what it first and foremost causes us to do is to trust in Him always. To trust that He is working out the good of those who love Him and for His will. If we trust in who Christ is as the supreme Lord of Lords, King of Kings, beginning of end, Alpha and Omega, if we trust that He is what He says He is, then we trust Him no matter what happens. We trust Him in difficulties. We trust Him times. We trust Him in just a small example of mine this week when blow out on the way to work. You trust in circumstances. You trust no matter what's going on. You trust when times get hard. You trust when family... Christ is supreme and He is Lord of Lords and He's over all things. You first and foremost trust Him in salvation, but you trust Him in every area of this life. Secondly, if Christ... All things. Then wouldn't you want to be that we are changed to be more like Him? I was thinking this sermon and um, been watching a lot of baseball this season. As I, I don't know why I started back, but really the first season I've in about three four years that I really jumped in and started watching it. Good, I think circumstances a little better for me. And as I was preparing this sermon this week, and I was looking at this second thing, is that we are changed to be more like Christ. If Christ is supreme, then we change our life to be more like Him. I got to thinking about it. Is anybody other than me and Jamie follow the uh, Atlanta Braves? Atlanta Braves fan? Okay, awesome. Um, now, if you're not an Atlanta Braves fan, do you know the name Chipper Jones? Everybody knows that name at least, right? Because uh, he's like this, this main guy for the Braves. So I was thinking about the Atlanta Braves as I was watching them play, and uh, I was really thinking about my childhood. And um, I, I love you. Can't look at me until now. But I played baseball from like five to fifteen. After I got in high school, I started working and didn't think I had time to play, and I never tried out and all of that. Probably wouldn't have made it. But one thing, you know, it's different. But um, growing up, I loved the Braves. I watched the Braves with my grandfather. But I, one player that I really loved was Chipper Jones. And the reason why I love Chipper Jones so much is not because he was Chipper Jones or anything of that nature. It's because Chipper Jones at that time mainly played third base. And I played third base. And so I really looked at Chipper Jones. I wanted to be like Chipper Jones. I, I looked at one of the best third baseman players. And so as a child, I may not have been, I don't know, I can't remember. But as I look back, I know in the latter season he got hurt way too many times. But um, as, I, as a child, I looked at him and I wanted to be like him. I wanted to play like he played. I wanted to do what he did. I wanted to be that good. As a child that loved baseball, that's what I looked up to. And in all reality, it should be this 
extremely more great in our life that if we as believers want to be more like Christ, if Christ is supreme, He's the best thing that there ever was. He, if He's supreme, all-knowing, if He's been perfect and lived a perfect life, and if we're called to look like Christ, I should want to look like Christ way more than I did as a child want to look like Chipper Jones, right? Or as any football player looks to a football player, or you look to your parents, or your mother, your father. So often we want to grow up and we want to look like someone. In Christian life, it's the same thing. Is that if Christ is supreme and above all things, then when we look to Him, we should want to be like Him. And the only way to be like Christ is to trust that Christ can change us to be like Him. That we surrender. We quit trying and we trust in Jesus. That we trust that He would do this in our lives. That we could become more like Him. That we would live out our name. We would be a little Christ. The third thing is that we delight. Earlier, that we trust in Him in all these situations. But there's moments in our life that are just difficult. There's moments in our life that are hard. There's in your life that it's not nothing wrong, but it's just been one of those weeks. Uh, me and Troy was talking yesterday. For him, it's been one of those weeks where it's just been busy after busy after busy. All of these in our life that we just, we just, it's a blah moment, right? Y'all, y'all have had those moments where it's just nothing's necessarily wrong, but it's just like, it's, it's just there. You're just here. That in these moments, in moments of difficulty, in moments of hard times, in moments that seem unbearable, then what we're also called to do is that if Christ is supreme, and over all things, we're called to delight in Him. We're called to hold on to Him. We're called to rest in Him. We're called to trust in Him. We're called to do because He is the only one that can bring rest like no other. That's why when you get tired and you get so un, un, you just get caught up in everything that's going on, if we would just pause on Sunday mornings and we would just take the moment of singing to Christ, singing to God, and we would take that moment and we would just rest in singing praises to Him, we would be so regenerized more than ever. Worship on today, right? Because this is the seventh day of the week. This is what we call the Sabbath. This is the day in which God rested. And so we come together as a congregation because Christ rose on this day and we rest in Him. We rest in who God is. And it's not that we, we come in here and sleep. I mean, you probably, some of you might, but it's not that we come in here and sleep, but we come in here and we rest and we delight in who Christ is. Fourthly, Christ is supreme and above all, then we live to bring Him glory, honor, and praise. That we seek to live in a way that would bring Him all glory, all honor, all praise. That we would seek to live in a way that would make Him known to the world around us. That's in our good times. That's in the moments where we do what's right. That's in the moments you maybe pay for somebody's food that doesn't have money. That may be the moments where you share the gospel with that friend that you've been trying to for so long. That's, that may be in those moments where you show up to work when you do and you do what you're supposed to do. But it could be the moments when you mess up worse than ever before and you turn to Christ for forgiveness of sin and you turn to Christ and you bring Him glory in your difficulty and you understand that even in your brokenness you can glorify God. Not that it gives you an excuse to sin, or gives you an excuse to do what you want to do, but that when you realize that, hey, I'm, I've fallen away, I've not done what I'm supposed to do, I'm not living as Christ would glorify, and you come to Him in redemption, then it brings glory to Him. So if Christ is supreme, not only do we trust in Him, not only do we desire to live more like Him, not only do we delight in Him, not only do we live to bring Him glory and praise, but if Christ is supreme, if Christ is above all, if Christ 
is the only hope that we have. Then you tell people about it. You share the good news of Christ to the world around you. If Christ is our only hope, and that's what we say. Christ is our only hope. We say Christ is the only way of salvation. We say that Christ is what we live for. We say Christ is how we get up in the morning. We say Christ is how we accomplish all of these things. But if He really, if that's who Christ really is for us, then we tell people about that Christ. Then we realize people wake up and they don't know Jesus. They don't have a hope. They don't have a peace. They don't have a joy that can surpass all understanding. Then we realize that if someone dies and they don't know Christ, as it says, that whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. That the love of Christ, the love of God, the, the joy that is found in Him, all of these things is not in the wrath of God in the moment of hell. That the moment of hell is nothing but the wrath of God poured out upon humanity that does not accept Him as our Lord and Savior. If this is this Christ that we have that is our hope in all things, then we proclaim His good news. And... It really causes me to just ask the simple question, is that Christ, if we see through Scripture, He is this, right? Supreme. He's worthy. Above Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. This, this is who Christ is. It doesn't matter if we let Him to be that in our life or not. It isn't if we live this out. Christ is that. Christ today sits on the throne of God in heaven forever and more. No matter what we do in this life, that is something that we do not change. That Christ is who He is. Christ is who He says He is. Christ is accomplishing these things. But the question that I have for each and every one of us, I had to ask myself before I preach, is that who Christ is in my life? Is Christ above all things in my life? Is Christ the one that I'm trusting in? Is Christ the one that I'm trying to be more like? Is Christ the one that I delight in? Is Christ the one I'm living for to bring glory, honor, and praise? Is Christ the one that I proclaim about? Is this who I live to be? See, Christ is this. There's no doubt in my mind, this is exactly who Christ is. But the question isn't who He is. It's who, we, who are we placing Him as in our life? Are we worshiping Christ and living for Christ? Or are we breaking the first couple of commandments and carving up images in our life and worshiping something different? See, so often what we do is we, we, we blanket our life with this idea of who Christ is, but in all reality, we're not living as Christ is this. This morning, the question's simple. Is all the things you're doing in your life? Because... You don't do them in your own ability. You don't do them in none of that. But you do them because Christ is who He is. Christ is who He says He is. And because Christ is, then it causes us to trust in Him. It causes us to live through all of the things I talked about this morning. And as Troy comes and whoever's coming with him, um, the question is very, very simple. It's Christ is supreme. Christ is Above all, Christ is worthy. This is no doubt in my mind about that. But is that where God stands? Christ is sitting in your life today. And if not, why? Is it that you don't have never accepted Christ as that? You've never come to the knowledge of who He is, the saving knowledge of God Himself? Is it not because of that? Or is it because for whatever reason you've put yourself on the throne of God rather than where Christ belongs? 
So in all reality, these are things that we live out when we come to know Christ. This isn't options. This isn't choices. This isn't if I feel like it or I have time to do it. That if Christ is supreme, then we do these things. We trust in Him. We are changed to be more like Him. We delight in Him. We live to bring Him glory on our face. And we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Where do you sit this morning? Are you sitting where you should be sitting and allowing Christ to be the King of kings, the Lord of lords in your life? Or is Christ sitting in that throne? Where are we at this morning? Simple, plain question. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. I pray in a time like this, God, wherever we may be, it's a bad thing. Because in this moment, what we can do, understand that you are the King of kings, Lord of lords, Alpha Omega, beginning again. And God, in Christ we find forgiveness, not only of salvation, but we come to you for that first time and we acknowledge who Christ is and we trust in Him for salvation of our sins and that we now have eternal life through that. But because of who Christ is, He always receives us. He always forgives us. Even in moments where we live in the place where He's supposed to be, He still forgives us and restores us back to you, Father. And so I pray this morning that if we're here and we've been living a life that we know we're believers, but God, we're just not, we're not putting Christ where He belongs. We're not, we're not living in such a way that glorifies Him. We're not trusting and delighting and sharing the gospel. We're not doing these things as we're called to do. God, let's first and let's get back to where we need to be. And that is the Christ sitting on the throne of our lives and trusting Him in all moments. God, I pray this morning that you take my failure. Take my sin. Take my lack of ability to do whatever, Father. You remove that. And we trust that the Spirit would talk with those that are under your conviction. If it's for salvation, if it's for development and sanctification, God, you speak to us through your Spirit this morning. We love you. We praise you. God, in all things, we thank you. Your Son's perfect and holy name. Amen. Be willing to stand and let's sing this last song together. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I once was lost, but now I'm found. Twas blind. But now I see T'was grace that taught my heart to fear And grace my fears relieved How precious did that grace appear The hour I first believe the Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures and we've been there ten thousand years bright shine 
Evening as the sun And we've no less days To sing God's praise Than when we first begun Sing Amazing Grace one more time. Amazing Grace How sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me and I once was lost but now I'm found t'was blind but now I see thank you so much for being here again with us